Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the show, we're going to be taking a listen to the 3DS soundtrack to Kirby Planet Robobot. Yeah, this is actually, uh, might hold the record of maybe the most requested episode, at least in a long time. There's been tons of you guys out there that have been just jonesing for us to cover Kirby Planet Robobot, and we're excited to do it. It's a great soundtrack, a lot of fun, a lot of energy, uh, a nice change of pace for the series. I'm excited to get into some of the unique elements of, of this soundtrack. I it's just always a good time when you have an hour worth of Kirby music. We're gonna we're gonna have a blast today, everybody. So I'm excited. Well, what's fun about these Kirby soundtracks is that you get you know the classic Kirby composers here, yes, you Kazu do. Ando and Jun Ishikawa. Yes, you do. And those are the gentlemen that worked on this game. Here, Kazu Ando took the lead on this game. So it's cool. I think part of that change that we hear in genre and tone in this game could be contributed to the fact that here, Kazu Ando was was taking the lead, and may, he might have had some some slightly different ideas. Couple couple things to, to note about this soundtrack is very heavily reliant on interesting remixes of tunes from the previous series. Very interesting, though, and they go in places that you wouldn't expect, and they do kind of make the piece feel fresh and new. And I think when I first listened to it, I wrote off a lot of that and thought, oh, it's too heavily reliant on remixes, but some of the remixes are the coolest parts of the score. The original stuff um, is a little bit more rare, but when it does come in, it's it's great. Well, I mean, the Kirby games have a tradition of reusing melodies. That's True. kind of one of their things. It's sort of like a staple of a lot of the Kirby soundtracks. So one of the things you guys will hear today in Planet Robobot is the genre is a little bit more electronic, uh, bordering on drum and bass at times, but it's that combined with the fun, colorful, goofy nature of Kirby, which is kind of like a pop, J-pop meets jazz fusion. So it's all of that rolled into one, and it's definitely, it feels like Kirby music. What you guys heard up top was Lively Street, and that was composed by Hirokazu Ando, uh, and Jun Ishikawa also worked well, on this game. To me, the, the Kirby, the, the sound of Kirby is really just Nintendo cranked up to 11. Absolutely. You know, it's like all of the, all of the musical characteristics that we associate with Nintendo music, the very, you know, positive, plucky tonalities and really catchy, cute, simple melodies. I think the the Kirby games kind of <laughs> take that philosophy and, and really crank it up. And it makes sense when you think of the character Kirby, he's like the essence of cuteness. He's just a little pink blob with a smiley <laughs> face, you know? He's adorable. And you think of, oh, maybe Mario's cute because he's got a pudgy little nose and a mustache, but Kirby doesn't really even have a body. He's just like, he really is the essence of cute. Well, we'll talk a little bit more of the game and how it fits into the music uh, after we play this first track. We're going to move on to the title, which is Planet Robobot. Let's take a listen.
stuff. You guys are listening to Planet Robobot. This is the title screen. This is not your typical title screen of a Kirby game. It's definitely establishing the unique tone that this soundtrack is going to have. It's still it's still upbeat, and the tempo is what we come to expect from Kirby. But you'll notice that it's just a little bit more, um, I guess, modern and uh, authentic, maybe, than what we're used to hearing. Well, I, I think some of these... I guess classical minor harmonies mixed with that modern techno. It's the combination of something that feels old with something that feels very new. Um, it, it works quite I well. I think though, it definitely like this this sort of B section here, the rhythms of it and the nature of the melody, like that really sounds like Kirby to me. It's something I, I can't quite explain, but maybe that's just you know Hirokazu Ando in his kind of sound that I just associate with the soundtracks from the past. But mm-hmm. that's what's so fun about this is when you get um, the composer or the composers that have really established the framework for what the series is supposed to sound like and you give them a chance to experiment, I think you're never going to run the risk that they're going to lose the spirit of it. Where I right. think if you had a new composer who had never done anything with Kirby try to do a soundtrack like this, it might feel completely inconsistent with you know the rest of the I series. I think that's a good point. I mean, it should. And and I just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. So one of the reasons why they went into this new direction is the game itself has some space elements. So parts of the game take place in space, and overall it has kind of an outer space theme to it. So that was a way for them to make it feel future and a little bit more mechanical. But the way that they did it, I thought was really genius because it still feels like cute and happy. It doesn't feel like it wouldn't fit the character of Kirby, but it fits this new kind of technological Kirby adventure. You could call it Cosmic Kirby. You could, and let's do that. (laughs) With two Ks. All right, let's move on to the next track. Uh, This is the opening theme of the game, I assume a cutscene. This is First Contact. Let's take a listen. just listen to First Contact, which is the opening cutscene theme from Kirby Planet Robobot, which just came out uh, earlier this summer for the 3DS. 
You know, I noticed um, uh, a couple synth elements that reminded me a little bit of Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Carl, I, I don't know if, if you felt I did notice the that same too. way. But it's something I've been thinking about, you know, um, in preparing for this episode, is that it th- that is sort of the elephant of the room. I mean, I think the Mario Galaxy series was so successful and popular. I think a lot of other, you know, more cartoony, fun, family, children-oriented video games that take place in space too. Yeah, they they wanted to they wanted to introduce that element of let's take our mechanics but put them in space because it's Well, a- I I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm excited and I'm glad that those similarities are actually few and far between in the overall soundtrack. Uh, Definitely way different than something like, you know, Sonic Lost World, which almost felt like it was almost a joke that they were trying to get so similar to that territory. It was building itself around being like, this is the Sonic version of that. This is is a different approach and it's a good approach too. It's not like there's one right way to do it. I mean, this is one way to evoke something a little bit more technological. Well, Carl, I don't know if you feel this way, but to me, it seems like the Kirby games have always kind of been on their own because they're a Nintendo franchise, but they've always been developed by HAL. Developed by HAL and composed by these separate people that don't do a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's kind of, it's it's done on its own. So it has its own identity and its own world and its own, like, freedom to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there is that that element that persists in the soundtrack. And the other thing about Kirby, it just seems to me that there are so many games in this series. There are, yeah. And, and what's so crazy is for almost every single game, it was composed by either Joni Shikawa or Hirokazu Ando. <laughs> they have worked on so many games in the series. They are the experts. So, all right, guys, we're going to move on to Green Greens, which is one of the remix pieces of music. This is uh, featured in Plains Area 2 in this game. It's a really interesting remix. Let's take a listen. guys are listening to green greens plains area 2 this is a remix obviously from uh kirby's dreamland and we're going to hear more really inventive remixes today it's cool it starts off with the first few notes of that iconic melody and then it holds on that note when you're not expecting it to and so it doesn't actually feature the entire melodic material of this song um but just enough to make it feel familiar and then it goes on to these new directions this green greens is i mean that's like the kirby theme it when is. everybody thinks of kirby this is the theme i mean i really 
I, I feel like we use hyperbole a lot on this show, but I am totally comfortable saying that's one of the greatest video game melodies. It really it's is. so fantastic. I mean, there's so, many, there's so many classic uh, Kirby themes that really are stand up there shoulder to shoulder with the best of them. I think there's just so much music in the series, and not all of it always meets that level of, like, I guess, melodic perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, you know, I love that uh, that Green Greens theme has sustained itself, and even <laughs> to this day, we're we're still hearing it. You know, when you think about like the original Super Mario Brothers theme, it's almost something that it seems like composers are embarrassed to use. They'll sure. hint at it, but it's almost like it's so familiar and ubiquitous. They're they're scared of using that theme. And that's what the Kirby theme is something cool because it's memorable. Everybody knows it and loves it. But I don't think it's um, immersed itself into culture in the same way that like the Mario or the Zelda theme is. So there's almost never any like trepidation about like quoting it or referencing it. Yeah, at least these composers never have a problem with, you know, quoting older material. And I think that's one of the reasons why the tone of the Kirby games is so consistent and so clear is because of that. But it's still cool that to this day in 2016, you're still able to to take that theme and do something new with it. So in some ways, this episode is almost like a remix focus just on the Kirby series. So maybe that's going to let us put off our next installment of remix for a while. It has been a while since we've done a remix episode, but hopefully today this will get some of that uh, energy in the podcast. Well, so. and I think hopefully, I don't know, sometime, maybe not soon, but uh, eventually we'll do a, a spotlight on the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yes, which, which will, will be another <laughs> sort of scratch that itch for remixes. Absolutely. See, to me, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a good person to talk about remixes because my favorite remixes are essentially just arrangements of video game songs and less like they're less about being a remix and they're more like faithful remake creations of you know old 8 and 16 bit music all right so let's move on to a really cool piece of music this is green goo and it's in the green lab area of this game. And this is a remix from my favorite Kirby score. This is Kirby's Dreamland 3 for the Super Nintendo. It was originally known as Forest Area in that game. And this is a really cool uh, realization of that. Let's take a listen to Green Goo. You guys are listening to Green Goo from Kirby Planet Robobot. 
which is a 2016 release in the Kirby series. Really interesting take on this. Carl, you being a, I don't know if I should say expert, but you know, you did that whole um, Kirby tribute album, Another Day in Dreamland, that mm-hmm. in um, the game that this track comes from, Kirby's Dreamland 3, was one of the two SNES soundtracks that most influenced you. For sure. Um, Carl, what do you think about this arrangement? What's What sort of stays the same? What's different? Do you think it's really tasteful? I think it's incredibly tasteful and very respectful, and you can tell he loves the original. This was composed by Jun Ishikawa, but this arrangement was done by Hirokazu Ando. And what's so cool about that is he's definitely adding a little bit of his style to it, but the melodic material and the chords are very authentic, probably one of the closest remixes in the game as far as um, keeping the melody pretty pure. You have a lot of the entire sections of the melody retained. Uh, the instruments that he chose were really perfect, kind of getting that kind of ethereal, atmospheric sound here is, is really right. good. But there are there is new sections, So too. far, I've noticed there's there's really a, a sense of consistency from track to track in this yeah, score. Yeah, right? Um, in sort of the percussion, the drums, it's this really sort of a little bit more fast-paced electronic stuff. Yeah, what I think really is cool, frantic. In general, when I think of Kirby, I think of insanely, goofily fast rhythms, um, but in more of kind of like a, you know, oom-pa-pa way. What's cool about this is... The, the drums are really creating that frantic energy in a lot of the music mm-hmm. that we've been hearing. And in a case like this, all the other instruments are really giving Less you this frantic. Eth- ethereal. Yeah, it's, it's really, it takes its time and it seems beautiful. Yet the drums and the, the percussion elements are what's creating that kind of classic Kirby. Everything has to be super speedy and fast and all over the place. Well, I'm excited because this is one of the pieces of music that harkens to the main theme of the game, the Kirby Robobot main theme. And, and wh- you know, I it's funny. We played that track, but I don't even think we got to talk about um, how great that melody is. Oh, it's, it's a great melody. It's such a treat to get, you know, again, I, I'm really curious about what the working relationship is like. I imagine it must be pretty good between Hirokazu Ando and Juni Shikawa because they mm-hmm. they've worked together on like all of these Kirby soundtracks and with all of the arranging of each other's themes, uh, there's something kind of, I don't know, beautiful about that to me. I would like to just imagine that they're BFFs and that they hang out all the time. That's what I would like to imagine at least. Yeah, a wonderful melody to that track. We're going to move on to um, one of the variations of the main theme. So this is a completely original piece of music. It's called Shooting Through the Sky, which is the Robobot Jet Mode theme. Here we go.
this particular piece of music is, I think, both Will and my favorite, uh, both Will and myself, our favorite track so far. We both have a lot to say. This really got our excitement levels up. I'm going to let Will start with this one. Uh, what do you like about this track, Will? Gosh, there, there's so much to talk about, isn't there? Uh, well, first off, I just have to say... Um, uh, this melody is so fantastic yes, again, and the main I'm, I'm glad we're going to hear it in uh, a few more instances, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, throughout this episode today. Uh, but it, it's really just so delightful. So, uh, uh, three things that I want to point out. Um, first of all, I, I I love not only that melody, but how it's arranged in this version. And it's it's such a delight getting those kind of 8-bit sounding squares and triangle uh, <laughs> sounds. Mixed and with like them piano, play these yeah. authentic, like jazz open jazz voicings like the, those cool? chords are voiced in such an authentic way that um is but it's so cool to hear it with that element that what i think is nice it doesn't sound like too much of a retro th- throwback because those because there's no limitations used. in channels yeah they're they're not being used the way they would have been on the nes but it's just sort of the timbres of that another thing i think is brilliant is uh he sort of truncates this little section in the melody the boom bum, 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 and he uses that little motive and carries it out there's this whole like development mm-hmm. section at the end and it's like it's so cute you know that idea both with also you know where it's voiced in terms of octave and instrument but also if you notice the panning sometimes it would be on the right sometimes it would be on the left the way there's there's that one exploratory section and it reminds me of like 80s smooth jazz and kind of almost like 80s film score even like even like elements of like hook or like you know you know scores that kind of incorporated like really cheesy elements of jazz in a good way though I mean like a lot of that stuff is very exploratory and just harmonically very engaging and yeah this track takes a solid little nugget and you know expands upon it in a really brilliant way and you know incorporating things like the piano mixed with those you know 8-bit sounds a lot of times it's like a triangle is like doubling a piano melody and that's just a fun sound to hear well yeah the other thing is we've talked about um some of the things that constitute a good melody particularly a good theme for a video game and how something is memorable and that it loops well um but something that i think ando does really successfully in this track is by truncating that little segment of the melody he's sort of essentially saying you know this is the catchiest part of this theme which this is. is what i want you to remember if you don't remember anything else you're gonna remember because that's what he chooses to put forward and really when you think of the best melodies it's not always that you need to remember you know the entire eight or 16 bars it's just that a few sequence yep. of notes in your head and i think this piece is sort of composed around showcasing that series of notes. And I think that's a really smart thing to do, especially nowadays when, you know, this isn't the eighties, you know, where people would maybe own like five games total and that's what they would play. Now, so many games come out every year. It's really hard to make an impression with a theme, with a melody Mm -hmm. nowadays. But he does it. And so, yeah, I think this was a really sort of um, clever use of uh, a musical technique to enforce something extra musical, which is that when you shut off the game, you're going to be humming that tune. You're still going to be humming it. Let's move on to Sky Tower, which is Red Lab Area in the game, which is uh, using a melody from Kirby Return to Dreamland, which was also scored by these gentlemen. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Sky Tower from Kirby Planet Robobot, which came out for the 3DS. This is the Red Lab area theme. Will made a good point, you know, when this track started, he's like, oh, this already feels classic to me. And I think that's one thing I love is that you take enough time and you kind of zoom out and whether something was composed in the 2000s or the 90s or the, everything kind of feels like it gels together in this series. And, you know, this game came out for the Wii, I want to say. It was a pretty recent game in the Kirby series. So it's cool that this can feel classic already. Well, and especially with this presentation, um, because all of these themes, some that uh, are from, you know, the NES days, some that are, you know, these 16-bit um, installments, we get some tracks later on from uh, Nintendo 64 titles, and now right. this with the Wii, but they all have this same coat of paint. It's all done in this Planet Robobot arrangement. It gels um, it all together. Yeah, Robobot, I think, is like an apt genre to call all of this because oh, it's like a dude, mixture of techno kind of cuteness. Or again, we can call it Cosmic Kirby, whatever you want to say. The next time someone asks me what kind of music I like to listen to, I say, I'm mostly into Robobot these days. It <laughs> <laughs> feels legit, Robobot. man. That's, that's a great thing to call it. Yeah, it sounds like tech, techno, but like kind of cutesy, which is I love it. how I would describe this. I wish this was a real genre. Um, okay, uh, but hey, that's why we host this podcast. This is, in some ways, the only outlet for this kind of music. So, yeah, for those of you that just can't get enough Robobot, <laughs> you know where to come to. Supermercado Brothers. All right, we're going to move on to... Supermercado Brobobots. <laughs> we're going to move on to the next iteration of the main theme. This is, uh, you know, a really useful and kind of typical Nintendo technique is in a map theme, they harken back to, like, uh, a more like overworld or kind of like a main theme, but they do it in a more chill way. So that's what happens here. This is map three. Super chill. Over- so chill. Yeah. Overload ocean. Let's take a listen. Guys, we're really grooving to this track. It is chill, like I said. Um, But one thing we're really interested in is the bass tone here. It kind of sounds like, when I first listened to this, like like you're listening to an an unplugged electric bass, just like the kind of actual sounds of the strings. It is plugged in Like acoustically, what an electric bass sounds like just when you're playing it in your room, not attached to it. Yeah, it is actually a direct signal here, but he just scooped out like all the low end. And and it's a funny effect and it's it's cool. I don't know maybe why he he did that. Well, he didn't want too much bass, you know, man. Keep it chill. (laughs) Keep it chill. chill. Not a lot of bass in your face, just... Relax. We need room for the steel drums and jazz piano. <laughs> it's a cool arrangement. Yeah, it's and it's one of the only tracks of the game that has that has real bass, I think. And it's just a nice little departure. It's a nice change of pace and change of bass. Really cute. Also, you know what a great melody. I. It's a great melody. Oh, well, can't say enough about that. We're gonna have more time to talk about this wonderful melody because we're gonna move on to this week's. 
track of the week. This is Patched Pathway, which is the definitive version of the main theme of the game, the main overworld of Kirby Planet Robobot. This is Planes Area 1. Let's take a listen. Listening to Patched Pathway, Planes Area One, composed by Hirokazu Ando. You know what's so great to me? The way I this interpret piece. this piece, hearing it here, it's kind of like Hirokazu Ando is like, you know, I really want to write a Kirby main theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like he wanted to do his version of like the Green Greens theme, like from scratch to write a melody that has all those kind of. Kirby qualities. This, I gotta say, it gives that piece a run for its money. It's it's of it's really that good. same ilk. It's of that quality. It's such a wonderful melody, and I'm just impressed with how far he takes it here. A really interesting B section that's a lot more exploratory, a little bit more jazz changes, and then the final turnaround, you know, with the modulations and to get back into the loop. Just a really inventive and limber way of doing it. Well, to me, I think the way that either Gusty Garden or Good Egg Galaxy, that the way that music captures the the elements of classic Mario, but it 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 you know, launches it into outer space. Right. To me, that's what this piece does. That melody has all the character of a great Kirby theme. It's played on a high instrument. It has these kind of cute little syncopated, almost what feels like a sort of march-like rhythm. Um, but there's also this level of, I don't know, there's something like intrepid about it. Maybe it's the chords. Maybe it's something about the melody where even if you take away the arrangement, there's something about it that feels at home in this like outer space adventure. I can't explain it, but I'm reminded of Mario galaxy in the sense that um, it's able to communicate what's classic about the series and what's different about the title, not in terms of using cliches, you know, it's not about that. It's trying to sound spacey in any sort of way. It's just the sheer emotional power of that melody is able to do both of those things. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that really should be celebrated because I often think that's not something that people focus on when they talk about music. It never ceases to amaze and, 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 and just jazz me up when I hear a new entry in 2000, 16 and i will say like melodically this is just a great nintendo theme it's gonna it's it's just part of the nintendo canon and not that i've been like losing hope 
or optimism of like modern Nintendo music, but every time there is like a great new Nintendo theme, it is an exciting moment just to add that to your Rolodex. Absolutely. I mean, this is just fantastic. And again, just talking about a a few short notes, like that's such a great almost fanfare that that becomes like an identifier for Kirby as a character. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in future, couldn't you see in future like Smash Brothers games, like when you win as Kirby, or something like that is like his jingle it's so iconic and uh memorable and it communicates all the personality of that character in just a few short notes well let's move on to something that feels like classic kirby to me this is aqua harbor which is harbor area from planet robobot You guys are listening to Aqua Harbor, which is a very loose remix from Kirby 64, but he is taking it into new territories here. And again, it's fitting the established tone of this soundtrack like a glove. And what I love is that for someone who is maybe new to the series, you won't need to know which tracks are remixes, which tracks are new. They all feel new and fresh, and they all feel consistent, and they definitely feel like Kirby. Yeah, absolutely like Kirby. The um, the brass instruments and that, I guess, like pan flute sound almost like they were... SNES. Yeah, it's like those SNES-era instruments, but uh, grown up to the modern age, <laughs> you know? They still have that, like, general melody. They still have the same, like timbral qualities by no means do they sound like the real thing mm-hmm. um but you know they they just sound like the 2016 versions oh it's so wonderful all right let's time let's move on to a wonderful remix of float islands which is one of the most well-known themes from kirby's dreamland but this is a really interesting maybe the most interesting remix i think that ando did for the score because it starts off for like, oh yeah, I think I know what that is, but he just, he really jazzifies this in a cool way. This is Blue Lab Area. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Float Island's Blue Lab Area, which is an awesome and very bold remix from uh, the Kirby's Dreamland theme, Float Islands. And some people wouldn't even recognize this. The original Float Islands was a major key tropical themed track and this is taking it in a very different direction it's in a minor key and it's this drum and bass kind of futuristic jazzy place that you just i never would have expected this to work but it works really well it's those great kind of synth drums too though that have like a there's like a campiness to it because it feels like sci-fi a little bit but very like old school you know, almost like 80s sci-fi or something. It's weird how there is an 80s influence to the score, even though production-wise, it feels more modern. It does feel like modern electronic. There's something kind of perfect about that, though, because Kirby is a product of the 80s. You know, same with, like, Sonic, how we hear, like, a lot of the modern Sonic soundtracks, and they're really trying to go for this, like, 90s pop rock sound. That's because Sonic is a product of the 90s, you know? It's part of his character. So what's great is, like... I don't know, you're doing like a cute game in space, you might want to go for some of these old, older, you know, sci-fi cliches because mm-hmm. there's a campiness to it. But it also fits the character of Kirby because he's from the 80s, you know? Absolutely. Great point. Let's see what we have next. Uh, we have Frosty Ice Cream. This is uh, an original piece of music. I love Frosty Ice Cream. I could go for some right now. I love Frosty Ice Cream, and I also love this track. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Frosty Ice Cream, which is the dessert area theme from Kirby Planet Robobot. And this is a gorgeous piece of music. This is one of the tracks. There's a few of these, where it kind of reminds me, Will, of your compositional style. Sure. I just think it's a really uh, very cute and sweet and pure melody. You know, you have a very sure. s- small number of instruments playing at once. You know, you have that xylophone and then just really a couple other instruments. And it's a very... Um, minimal piece of music with a lot of space and it's it contrasts the crazy zany busyness that we get with the rest of the tracks in in a really effective way well not to sound too pretentious but yeah this is all about space in terms of um silence you know in terms of outer space the instruments yeah again it's perfect though i mean i'm not trying to you know sound too philosophical about it but you know that's why that's part of the reason of doing this show is that video game music isn't just like stupid music for the masses it has intellectual aspects and it's a valid art form and here, here. Uh, something that's so great if you notice all of the instruments in uh, this piece are 
percussive in nature, either the xylophone or the piano, which means as soon as they're attacked, um, the note is um, played, uh, the volume quickly decays. And so that, uh, the sense of space musically in terms of you have note and then you have moments of rest, which let you kind of hear the silence. And that's always like a great, that sort of seems to be a theme of this piece. But then space harmonically, if you notice the way that those piano chords are voiced, they're very sort of thin voicings. There's not a lot of doubling in those chords, but they're very open. So you'd hear a chord, you know, let's say instead of having a major chord where it would just be like maybe a triad with uh, an octave bass, you hear like the, the root of the chord, the fifth and then the third, like up the octave, and then maybe the seventh or ninth up another octave. It's really spread out, but very thin, you know? There's one thing I noticed about the arrangement of this track. If you guys listen to this again, listen out for this. I'm pretty sure you have a, a trio of musicians here, of virtual musicians here. You have the xylophone doing the melody. You have piano starting those arpeggios, but then in that same range, playing the chords is actually doubled with a marimba. Right. So you have a piano and a marimba kind of working together in, in unison. And I know that effect is, is really great. great. All these kind of percussion instruments, especially because the piano isn't being used for any sustained effect. It's right. being used right. in the same way that the marimba and xylophone are being used. Because when you think about physically, mechanically, how a piano works, it's the string is struck with a hammer. It's technically a percussion instrument. Um, and so that's to me what this piece is all about. I think somehow the idea, there's like a connotation with frozen or icy quality to those sort of mallet Instruments. I don't, I don't know if it's because of the decay or what it is. Well, let's get ready for another arrangement of the main theme. And this is a pretty intense one. This is Haltman Works Elite Management, which is a boss battle theme from Planet Robobot. <laughs> You guys are listening to Haltman Works Elite Management, which is the boss battle theme from Planet Robobot. And this one, I think, is um, is very well done. It's not your typical boss theme that you'd expect to hear. It's not quite as scary as maybe you'd expect a boss theme to well, get. It's more of a villain theme. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what you'd expect, not as much, but kind of like what they do with the Dr. Robotnik themes, where it's less about the boss battle and more about the character. You know, this, you hear, you know, Haltman works elite management. I think it's implying that there's some sort of, like, corporate 
yeah. nature to like the bad guys in this game. You know, all these like mm-hmm. euphemisms, elite management. I think that's that's a great idea, and this piece really captures it. There's something kind of stiff about it. Ding 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 ding, and it's very kind of campy. But yeah, yeah, the arrangement definitely doesn't feel like cliche or anything. I think there's it's so impressive that there are so many different times when he has to come up with a different harmonization to that melody, and the chords that he chooses here are completely different than the chords that he that he uses in patched pathways or the title you know so it's it's really cool to like hear this theme in so many different contexts with different harmonization and you can tell that he just is very knowledgeable in in jazz writing it's funny when you hear it in minor it Mm -hmm. it sounds like a villain i think because it's such a pure statement when you hear it in major it's the epitome of a cute hero's theme and when you hear it in minor it's the epitome of a like a cute villain theme it sounds like this campy again like dr robotnik to me right like you know because there's something kind of cute about it it's not really threatening but it's clearly meant to represent something bad but it's like mustache twirling you know like a mickey mouse cartoon bad sure um but it's so great i mean we've already you know sung the praises of that theme and how iconic it is uh, but it's always great when a theme can work in different modalities, major and minor. I mean, you think of what John Williams theme, like the Star Wars theme. Right. How many times have you heard? Bum, 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 bum. I mean, he's so it's so fortuitous that that theme can work in major and in minor and be equally as effective. And I would say that about this theme. It's so great because it's so pure and it's able to be pure goodness and like kind of pure cartoon evil. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to move on to the next track. It's really cool because it's not even really listed officially as a remix, but you'll notice that the first few notes of it use that classic uh, track from Kirby Superstar that's used in the Smash Brothers series. I think it's like Run Kirby Run um, is maybe the original name of the track. Oh, the bum, bum, Yep. So it starts off with those notes, but then it go. It's a completely different song, and it's almost he's almost having fun with how can I make this as different as possible from that song but only start with those notes it's it's really fun this is city of sound city area You guys are listening to City of Sound, City Area, composed by Hirokazu Ando for Kirby Planet Robobot. Really having fun with taking those first few iconic notes, but it's a completely different piece of music. Very funky and synth-heavy. Maybe one of the funkiest in the soundtrack. Yeah, you've never heard it in this kind of context because it's always been about 
being something um, fast. You know, yeah. motion. Yeah, it's about being mobile. And this is super slow. This is maybe one of the slowest tracks of the day, and it's. I will say, I think that melody to "Run Kirby Run" is again another one of the perfect. greatest video game melodies. I it's so adore perfect. that. I mean, that's the kind of thing that um, I listen to, and it makes me feel like a bad composer. Like it's like mm-hmm. every note is perfect, and um, I think this version is just sort of about like having fun with it. Um, but if you listen to the original, the bum 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 bum, it's like one of the most perfect melodies the rhythms are all really pure kind of quarter note rhythms. not only not only is it but then that final section is just almost maybe even the best that's the other thing i love is the contrast of it and i know we're, we're talking about a different piece <laughs> within context of talking about this piece but i still want to do it because when you think about that that track it establishes these like quarter note rhythms there's not even any dotted it's bum 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 Bum, 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 bum. There's no like eighth notes. It's as pure as it can be. But then with that final section, now it's all these like, it's all these kind of like William Tell overture sounding right. rhythms. And it's this really fast melody. It's so great how it can, it's already like, it's proven itself by doing the pure thing. Well, let's move on to the aptly titled Techno Tower. Here we You guys are listening to Techno Tower from Planet Robobot, um, and it's definitely fast-paced techno music. Uh, now we're getting back to kind of like this is the main sound that we're used to hearing on the soundtrack. Very frantic, and you know if you listen to the rhythms of that kind of um, I don't even know if I would call it a bass. It's the it's just going the entire track. It's kind of this trance, really fast shreddy thing that makes you know, the energy of this piece higher than it would be. If you muted just that one channel, the energy would come down drastically. Well, I think what bass parts like that do that, that just kind of provide that kind of frantic energy. It, it makes the, the syncopated things about the melody really kind of stand out in a way, because I think when a, when a bass part is a little bit more simple, um, you're sort of more focused on where the the strong beats are uh, in the phrase, but when something is really frantic like this, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's like just constant subdivisions, you know, like thirty exactly. second notes throughout the entire song. Yeah, and it might not actually be in this track. It might not be just the bass 
tone it might be more of like sure, sure, sure. underneath tone or something but whatever it is there is that element in here and we hear that in a lot of these tracks right there's that constant rhythmic warbling oh um, it's so crucial that's steady but it, it makes that to me the the syncopated notes in the melody which is the dun, 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 um where it's all on like the off beats um it, it t- somehow makes that like dancier. Well, now we're going to play a really unique piece of music. This one is very funky. It's one of the funkiest tracks, but it also has this kind of element of like something's not quite right. Like if you're approaching the end of the game and there's some tension here. So it's tense funk. Let's take a listen to Robobot Road Ride. <laughs> You guys are listening to Robobot Road Ride from Planet Robobot. And yeah, this is a really unique piece of music, kind of a different tone than most of what we heard before. You know, uh, I really like the, the the places that this track goes. You know, he establishes a little bit of this motif that ba ba da ba 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 da but then he takes it into these different directions. And he's just, he's really good at, you know, these exploratory sections where you take a small idea and you take it through all of the changes so that when you're done with the track, it feels like, okay, we've gone everywhere we could have gone with that little kernel, and there's really nothing else that needs to be explored. Carl, you described this piece earlier as tense funk. Would you care to elaborate <laughs> on your statements? Yeah, because if you listen to the slap bass and the drums and you got the horn section, it's, it's clearly funk music. But if you listen to like what the chords are doing and the melody, there's a lot of these modulations in a way that we wouldn't do in a feel-good funk track. We only do it when we're trying to evoke tension, right? You know, like this boss kind of sense of modulation where you're constantly changing. And a lot of times you have like those chromatic chords, you know, between maybe like an A flat and an A and something like that. And and so that's kind of what you hear is the harmonic backdrop of this song. And I think it's a really interesting combination. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Do you not <laughs> no, agree? No, I really with like me? that one. No, I agree with you. I'm just messing with you. Um, uh, I, I just I, I liked that term. I thought that was a really uh, fitting descriptor that you used before we played the track. That it's sort of like tense funk and Mm -hmm. i think that happens a lot in video games where there's sort of like two motivations one of them is to capture a genre or a sound but the other one is you know it still has to 
evoke what's happening in the game. It's have to, you know, it has to represent what's going on in the screen. And, and right. sometimes those two things are not at conflict, but um, it ends up creating something very unique because, like you mentioned, it kind of has this. Uh, not necessarily cliche, but elements that you would come to associate with funk music. Yet right. harmonically, it has these elements that um, maybe feel a little bit, you know, specific to the idea of um, either like a boss theme or a final getting close to the end stage theme. Great point. Well, let's move on to, at least on this playlist, the only track that's credited as the author of Jun Ishikawa. He, he did some more than just this, uh, but on this playlist that we're playing, this is the only one. So this is Kirby 3D Rumble Boss, which is versus the Masher. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Boss, which is Kirby 3D Rumble. And once again, folks, this is not your typical boss theme. You know, it maybe starts off that way, but, you know, halfway through the song, it really amps up. And then this, like, really beautiful, long, sustained, classic Jun Ishikawa-style melody comes in. And it kind of makes you, like, really miss Jun Ishikawa. It's like he has such a unique compositional yeah. style. Yeah. Doesn't it ever? And he's he uses a lot of the sort of Kirby paintbrushes, like the dip it dip it dip it dip kind of chord thing, and some of the instruments, and yeah, everything about it is really fantastic. I was joking with Carl that it's kind of like Kirby on crack, but both with two Ks, kind of like how Cosmic Kirby is with two Ks. But that might you know be a little too inappropriate to talk about for this show but <laughs> all right i'll take your word for that will uh let's move on to we are approaching the end of the episode this is cool this is haltman works co which is hq area let's take a listen Thank you. 
This piece is awesome because it is hearkening to so many different Kirby songs in one fell swoop. It's absolutely genius. I think the way that he's incorporating so many different themes, like at least three that I that I heard, starting everything from Green Greens to the Return to Dreamland Sky Tower theme, just. I don't know. Just What's really crazy. creative. Also, the main theme of this game has two great um, alterations. It's almost mm-hmm. like a good Koji Kondo thing. We talk about how, like, Slider and Bob on Battlefield, how they have sort of like the same skeleton, but melodically right. they're completely different and they both feel like perfect. Um, you know, we, we, we think about how that. Uh, what was it? Um, the uh, patched pathway mm-hmm. version, dun, 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 dun. Um, and that's sort of the version that was made minor with the Haltman Works Elite Management has this kind of like campy, cute quality to it. But this version, that's also using the title, mm-hmm. um, has a little bit of like a cooler, syncopated feel to it. And neither one feels like the definitive, like they both feel definitive. In fact, so much so you might not even notice that they're the same melody because both of those rhythms are equally as important in mm-hmm. defining like what each piece feels like, you know? I see what you're saying. Well, let's see if this next track feels definitive. Uh, we're going to play the staff role from Planet Robobot. Enjoy, guys. <laughs> This is why we love video game music. <laughs> this is top tier stuff here from Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa. Um, I adore the score. Thanks everyone for your numerous suggestions to do this episode because it was worthwhile. It's a great Kirby entry. Well, it's great. I I just feel like our, our fans know us so well. They know exactly. They I think they recommended us to do this episode because they knew that we would love it. And we did. I mean, this is one of mm-hmm. the most fun times I've, I've had on a podcast episode in a really long time. <laughs> uh, just purely Absolutely because agree. of the music. Um, I so enjoyed every single track. I found it very engaging again it's so cool to get Hirokazu Ando and Juni Shikawa back in you know the hot seat composing um yeah and they're both like in their like late 40s early 50s so you know we still have years of you know looking forward to more collaborations from them so 
That's wonderful. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, sometimes I'm curious about the age of, you know, some of our favorite Japanese video game composers. You know, a lot of them are in that kind of late 40s, early 50s age now. It's crazy to me how young some of them are because it makes Mm -hmm. you realize how young they were when they got started back in like the 80s. So many of like those game composers' famous work was the first Just thing they ever out of did, college. <laughs> like their first job. Yeah, it's crazy. Or like Yuzo Koshiro when he was like eighteen. You know, isn't that insane? Yeah. And then you know you have Sujiyama who got the Guinness Book World Record for the oldest video game composer. So you do have yeah. quite a variety. Yeah. Is, is he still alive? Is Sujiyama still alive? He's still alive, and wow. he's working on I think the next Dragon Quest game. So oh, that's gonna be a sad day, you know, when when he passes away. Well, he's kind of the john the john williams really of video games so guys we're going to play you out with a very faithful rendition of float islands from kirby's dreamland and so this is the second version they included of float islands in this game so i said how the first one was a very bold one so if you want to hear what the original sounds like this is it it's a lot of fun uh thanks for joining us everybody couple things to plug like we always do at the end here uh you can find us on itunes you can leave us a review and subscribe to us there thanks to everyone who's done that you can follow us on twitter at mercado bros like us on facebook uh, our website is supermercadobros.com you can find our original music and our podcast there and if you want to support us we do have a patreon page so thanks everyone for listening yeah another thing we wanted to mention is uh, coming up on november 18th we're going to be at gamers rhapsody again which is a convention in uh the twin cities in minnesota minneapolis where uh, it'll be in minneapolis yeah, yeah where we both live um this is i think the third year that they've done this and uh all three of us, Carl, Marty, and myself, have done panels um, the last two years. The first year we did it with Tim Turry and Emily Reese. Last year we were just by ourselves. This year we're amping things up yet again because we're going to be performing live music. This is this the is first exciting. time all three of us have ever performed, you know, live video game music like this. We're going to keep plugging this as we go, as we approach, you know, in the coming week because we're really excited about this. If you're in the Midwest area, you should really come out to Gamers Rhapsody. It's going to be the Super Mercado Brothers playing some of our favorite classic video game music live yeah i just want to tease i just want to tease some of the the title some of the soundtracks that we're going to be do we want to do that you know this isn't just going to be you know it's not just going to be things like sonic 3 but there may be some things from sonic 3 (laughs) we're talking about bomberman 93 for the turbo graphics we're talking about un squadron we're talking about you know i mean all kinds of you know some of our favorite there may or may not be a Kirby track that we will be oh, playing. It's going to be incredible, guys. I'm really excited because it's it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, it's all music that's really rhythmic and will be very fun to listen to in a live setting. Um, but honestly, to me, it's just a collection of some of uh, you know my favorite things that we've ever played on the podcast. Oh, me too. But in addition to that, some of these tunes feel like the, maybe the first time they've been performed live. So sure. I'm excited about that. So guys, we're going to keep plugging that. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. We're going to let you go. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>